everyone. It's time for Vegas Revealed, episode two. And it's a, a big news here in Las Vegas, the NFL draft. We're getting new details about how that event is going to be taking over this city. Oh, it's going to be huge. Also, Super Bowl weekend's going to be huge. It's coming up. We're going to talk with a chef from here at Lagasse Stadium, one of the biggest sports bars on the Strip, about what they have planned. Plus, the uh, president of Live Nation West Coast is joining us here in studio to talk about what it takes to land some of these big Las Vegas headliners and the people who just say no. This is Vegas Revealed coming to you from the Palazzo Broadcast Studio presented by Legacy Stadium here at the Palazzo in the heart of the Las Vegas Strip. I'm Sean McAllister. And I'm Dana Roselli. And we love it here because it's got free parking. We like to mention that every time because it's such a bonus. Hey, welcome, everyone. We've got a lot coming up uh, this week in Las Vegas. But something that happened last week was a huge announcement that is going to affect the whole city come April. And for those of you listening, this is probably something you're going to want to be a part of. Well, and it's something, it's the NFL Draft. The 2020 NFL Draft is being held here in Las Vegas, and this is something that not only uh, the the football world is going to be paying attention to, but last year's draft was watched by more than a hundred countries around the world. So to say that the spotlight's going to be on Vegas is an understatement here. Right. And last year it was in Nashville, right? Yeah. And there was a sea of people. I remember watching the live feeds. Uh, what, 600,000 people? 600,000 yeah. people were in Nashville, yeah. Incredible. And they're expecting around that to come to Las Vegas April 23rd to the 25th for the same exact reason and I mean you think about Las Vegas and you know Nashville's a great entertainment city as well and lots to do but I mean we have a lot to do we've been able to see just how the NFL is planning to transform Las Vegas for this huge event. Yeah, I mean, it looks incredible. So the stage is going to be floating in the Bellagio fountains. Like, what? It's crazy. <laughs> They're going to be ferrying the players via boat out to the stage that's also going to be doing double duty as a red carpet but it's a pretty cool looking thing and if you want to look at uh, the renderings that have been created we have those up on our vegas revealed youtube page just search vegas revealed and look under the vegas revealed experiences and you'll see exactly what we're talking about here. oh yeah it's incredible the plans are incredible and then caesars is on board too right as far as their new area that's across the street from the bellagio and more kind of behind the link it's the caesars forum yeah so this is their their, their new convention space essentially but there's a huge parking lot that's out right next to this convention building and they're turning this into the fan zone yeah i mean it's going to be incredible we look forward to just another big event here in las vegas but you know what we just we we our city handles big events you know really well we know how to organize organize quick and i think it's going to be a, it's going to be an amazing event well and speaking of big events we have one coming up this weekend the super bowl we have uh, the Chiefs and the 49ers playing. And aside from... Are you from, overwhelmed or underwhelmed with that? I'm kind of underwhelmed, but don't don't hate me, you know everyone. What? But you know why? I think because we're from the East Coast. Yeah. And that makes sense. We live in the West Coast. We're from the East Coast. And there's no... 
really East Coast teams in it. No, there's not. And I, I wonder what that's going to do for, for viewership. Yeah, I wonder. Because it is. It's like a Midwest team, Kansas City, mm-hmm. taking on San Francisco. So you you, you got to wonder. Having a, a big, um, you know, if you have a, a New York team or New England, like that draws in a lot of fans. Mm-hmm. People are going to be watching Super Bowl anyway oh, yeah. because there's not anything else on. Right. And then, of course, you know, the, the Chiefs and the, the 49ers fans that are listening, sorry. Um, no offense, it's going to be a great game, and congratulations for getting this far. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> this is listen. what you call digging ourselves out of a hole. <laughs> <laughs> it is. But listen, the Super Bowl, no matter what team you're cheering for, it doesn't matter when you're in Las Vegas. That's why we're like the number two destination for people to watch the Super Bowl. Behind not, the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, if you're not at the Super Bowl, right? Because you can bet in, in, our, in all these different things, and whether you know the game really well, or you, know, you can do scores, you can do what color the Gatorade is, the coin flip, all sorts of stuff. So it's really fun experience just to watch the game and see what you bet on. Yeah, I'm I'm always into those prop bets, and I I get my uh, the stopwatch out on my phone and time how long the national anthem is going to be. Oh yeah, so that's going to be good. And we have what uh, Demi Lovato singing the national anthem, and uh, Jennifer Lopez and Shakira doing the halftime show. So it's going to be good. Should be really good. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. And we talked to a chef here from uh, Lagasse Stadium, and his interview is coming up in just a little bit on kind of how they prepare for the crowd. They're sold out already. So, I mean, that's that's the thing when it comes to Super Bowl. If you're listening right now and it's the beginning of the week and you plan on maybe driving into Vegas or flying into Vegas last minute, if you want to go someplace and have a seat, you better call ASAP. And, and beg. And beg and call. But even just walking around and walking through the sports book, it's an experience regardless. So we do recommend that you come to Vegas, of course. That's kind of the fun part of it anyway. So. Yeah, and so we'll be talking with the chef from here at Legacy Stadium to see how he and his team are preparing for this massive Super Bowl weekend. 300,000 people expected. It's going to be incredible. Hey, something that has uh, everyone also talking really around the world are these this, this bushfire in Australia. It's been devastating to watch. And we have a group of headliners here and they perform at the Venetian, Human Nature. Uh, They're incredible. They've been here just over 10 years now as Vegas headliners, and they did something really cool just last weekend. They had a concert and uh, their normal show, I should say, and dedicated all the ticket sales to relief for the fire and to help, and the Venetian also matched that. We had a chance to talk with them at their theater before they did this big benefit show. Yeah, well, we were actually back there in early December. And even back then when we were in Sydney, there was smoke haze everywhere. And it was just, you know, it was just really pervading in the whole city. You know, all we can really do is use our gifts and, and talents to try and bring awareness and, and raise money, um, whatever we can. With So we just decided to put a show on sale and to dedicate every single ticket sold to the relief. You know, when people are down and or things are, you know, at their worst, uh, it really inspires people to bring out the best in themselves. We're also actually been taking donations um, just from people at the show we're currently doing that and people have just been so generous great group of guys super talented you can see the full interview on our youtube page our vegas revealed youtube page and we talked to them uh, just before their show last week so check that out and they perform at the venetian on a regular basis and they say they're looking forward to a really great 2020 they'll be here um, with some new stuff in their show and always changing it up and human nature just a, a part of the incredible lineup of headliners that we we have here in Las Vegas. Coming up next, we're talking with the president of Live Nation, the guy who's responsible for bringing us all these resident headliners. Oh, 
Thanks for listening to Vegas Revealed. On our next episode, we'll be on the casino floor at the Hard Rock as the doors are ready to close on the iconic resort after 25 years. We'll hear never-before-shared stories of the first concert held there and how the Hard Rock changed the celebrity culture of Las Vegas. Plus, what the future holds there. It's a special edition from the Hard Rock Casino on the next Vegas Revealed. Let's go to Vegas, baby. Let's go So obviously we know Las Vegas is the live entertainment capital of the world. We have like the A-list of A-list entertainers who are performing at the theaters up and down the Las Vegas Strip. And, you know, it's super exciting because things kind of shift all the time. There's always things changing. There's, you know, even the performers are always changing. So... We've got the person, you know, pretty much responsible for all of this in the studio with us. He's laughing right now. Kurt Moline from Live Nation here in Las Vegas. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. It's exciting times. Just like within the last, what, six months, you know, you've announced Kelly Clarkson's coming to the Strip. We've got Sting coming. Obviously, Gaga's here, uh, has been here. Shania's already performing. I mean, so what do you do to get these guys? It's changed a lot, and it's gotten a lot easier to attract artists, truthfully, um, because, you know, artists talk to other artists. The more artists that have success in Vegas, the more artists that follow those successful artists to Vegas. Mm -hmm. So we've got, you know, a long, you know, we've got a 10, 15 year history now of, of, of great success stories, right? From Celine to Elton John, into Cher, into Britney Spears, into Jennifer Lopez, into the Backstreet Boys, Mm -hmm. into Lady Gaga, you know, kind of in a nutshell. And there's many others and a few big ones that I probably left off the list. Um, so we've got uh, you know a big collection of artists now, and we now use that storyline sort of openly with artists we're trying to attract. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think um, it's starting to sell itself in that way. You know, we we don't have to convince artists; they don't have to hear from me as much anymore. Or Chris Baldazon or Jason Gasworth or the, the, the entertainment casino exe- entertainment executives out there, they sort of, they kind of have a pretty good sense of it. Tell me about kind of, over the last few years, things have changed a little bit of, of the kind of revolving shows. That was kind of a new concept as far as, you know, like say Christina Aguilera coming in for two weeks, leaving, then you've got Shania Twain coming in for a few weeks, leaving, Gwen Stefani comes back in. Why does that work? Well, does it work better? Yeah, it's a great question. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, listen, you know, we are looking, as the city's now more mature as it relates to sort of the residency stuff, we look for diversity. Uh, and, and probably there should have been always diversity. That, however, there weren't that many artists raising their hands saying, I want to do Vegas, right? So now we have the luxury of presenting a portfolio of artists that speak to a lot of different fans. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, as we all know, we all like different things and we all like different artists. And so the idea here, especially when you're talking about promoting the city of Vegas, which is really what I'm doing, mm-hmm. really what I think about doing every day, is how do I think about attracting you know, more, you know, how do I contribute to the growth of those 41, 42 million people? We want a diverse portfolio of artists that speak to a wide genre of fans. And that is the idea of the revolving portfolio. You know, you you sort of have some of these sort of cynics types say, well, this isn't a real residency because it's not a 200 shows. 
you know, I don't really get that. You know, you know, first of all, why is it defined by number of shows? But also, you know, we want a port- we want diversity in our lineup. If you walk down the strip, you know you're going to see diversity. We want the entertainment to reflect that. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and speaking of diversity, last week on the, the podcast, we talked with Mike Snedeker from the Tau Group, and he was talking about the, the shift in the entertainers who they're booking for nightclubs on the strip, and it's skewing as we move ahead into the new year toward Latin artists. And I know that, that Pitbull has been incredibly successful. Jennifer Lopez has been incredibly successful. Is that something that, that we might see more of in, yeah. in the residency world too? Yeah. You know, without, you know, without even having to go into the sort of the data of it and sort of how do you reflect the population and the taste of music? I mean, that's, that sums it up. I mean, it sums up my point. It, 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 it illustrates the point I just made, which is you want, you want diversity, right? You're going to sell, you're going to sell classic rock, you're going to sell some Latin, you're going to sell some, you know, pop, you're going to sell some contemporary, adult contemporary, and the list goes on. And that's the idea that that's been the idea of how to grow this business for us the live nation for the casinos and and and, you know especially for the city Mm -hmm. and i think like uh I know it's important for you guys to get those tickets on sale early too because you have yeah. tourists coming in and travelers yeah. coming in who want to know okay yeah. my person's performing this time um, so I need to get my tickets lock yeah. in my whole trip and everything like that yeah I mean we're proud of you know we're <laughs> we're really proud of the advance quote advance sales that we drive which for us people in the business we're talking about trip drivers right mm-hmm. so if you're talking to the lbcba or a casino executive a marketer what sort of an in-market sale versus a trip driver um we're proud that we can point to our advanced sales and our quick advanced sales typically in some of these on sales to show that we are really the trip driver in a lot of the surveys over the last 10 15 years by the lbcba or by casino the larger casinos say that entertainment is at the top or near the top as it relates to why people come to Las Vegas. But, you know, we know for a fact that a big part of our residency sales are, are trip drivers in the sense that people are, people see uh, Sting, you know, someone in the UK sees that Sting is announcing a residency at the Coliseum at Caesars Palace and they book a trip to Vegas. Right. And that's just, a, you know, that's, Benefits and that's it. A, yeah. The whole city, right? Yeah, Yeah, it's actually almost sixty percent of people who come to Las Vegas are coming to see some sort of a show, which is a big number, a huge number. Yeah, and God, let's get into how things have changed. Obviously, Celine Dion, she sat down at the Coliseum and did years of shows, pretty much nonstop. Is that a thing of the past? Is that Celine model of residency something that we'll see again? Or are, are like Dana said, these shorter stints kind of the norm moving ahead? I think overall the live music business has a lot more choices for artists. So mm-hmm. artists that want to perform on the live stage have more choices than they ever have. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is they can tour more easily internationally now they can do festivals which are much more prolific than they were let's call it in the 90s they basically didn't exist uh, so you got the festivals you got the international touring you know you have uh, you know a, a larger proliferation of theaters around the country you got more stadiums stadium business is a little bit more advanced than it used to be or sophisticated so I think artists have more choices than ever I, you know s- not many artists these days 
choose to do 150 shows a year in one kind of category, whether that's in a theater in Vegas or just festivals or just touring or whatever it might be. So I don't think those that day's that, that not passed. It's just the artists have a lot of choices. So just by organic, it's organic. Organically, you're seeing artists doing a... F- a few less shows in Vegas in a given year than they might have in the past, which just makes room for others. And it, and so it really is, we're generally neutral, right? We, we say to the artist, what do you want to do? What makes you happy? Uh, and, and, you know, and, and they'll tell us. Oh, that's yeah. good. Well, what are things like the, the, the Raider Stadium coming, the Sphere? What does that mean for yeah. Live Nation? Yeah, I mean, the, we are uh, a representation, I think, of, of Vegas as a city and how we compete with Orlando and New York and Tokyo and, you know, the list goes on. I, I think those venues just give us additional ammunition. I mean, that's how we think about it. We aren't um, traditional venue. We, Live Nation, uh, in Las Vegas aren't traditional venue owners. So the owners are typically the casinos on almost every occasion, with the exception of the stadium, which is, of course, owned by the Raiders. And, you know, obviously um, supported by the city or the state. Um, so we think about that as ammunition. Like, we, we think, you know, we, we want that portfolio in the city because we want to be able to offer entertainment that rivals other cities or beats them. And that's the sphere story, I think, right? It's like, okay, you're going to have one sphere and then maybe two. And then maybe there's a few others down the line. Not my not my project. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, MSG's project. But we look at it and say, that's fantastic, <laughs> right? Because we can potentially offer content in that room that rivals Orlando, Tokyo, London, New York. And that's the story. That's what we're trying to do here. Okay. Yeah. And now, let's get to the fun stuff. What's a day like for Kurt and Malene? <laughs> now, Sean and I go to a lot of things, openings, shows, and Kurt, you're always there. <laughs> and sometimes you're in there watching, or sometimes you're out mingling right. and, and, and perusing around. <laughs> I, I can't wait to hear what a day in the life of Kurt is. So I'm excited to hear. I mean, your your day is work and a lot of you know, making relationships with people, keeping relationships with people, I, I can assume. Yeah. And you, you look like you have fun doing it. Every time I see you, there's a smile on your face. <laughs> yeah, we, um, you know, there's definitely the, the, the parts you're talking to right now. There's an element of, of um, you know, service in the artist in the sense that the artist and, and again, that, that sort of collection, that team, personal manager, business manager, attorney, etc. You know, it's, it, it, you know, we are the contact sort of for that business, for their business here in Vegas. And so we're, we're at these shows a lot, um, having conversations about the day-to-day business. And that's just a big part of what we do and what I do. So it's a lot of nights, it's a lot of shows. Um, and then we spend a lot of time, um, thinking about the next artist, you know? Um, and then we spend a lot of time, probably the most amount of time thinking about how to sell tickets. People forget that. <laughs> it's a big, it's a big, that's a, it's a big undertaking. Yeah. It's not as easy as people think sometimes. That's right. right. And, and you know, Amanda Moore runs runs our head of marketing here in, the, in you know here in Vegas. And you know, we we spend a lot of time thinking about our programs and, and how we do it. And that's a big part of the story here. You know, is is a big part of it is an advanced sales story, which is how are we incenting? How are we reaching an art? On a, you know, an artist like you know, how are we reaching that fan in Liverpool that wants to come out to see Stink? Uh, you know, how are we reaching customers in other countries? You know, how are we talking to the U.S.? And then, of course, how are we talking to customers that are here in market? Um, this isn't, you know, there's no rocket science here necessarily, but, you know, it's, 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 it's the big part of the business that we do because that's the key. I mean, you, the key is you got to get people in the door. And I've always said this, like, we feel like we're selling 
we like to be proud of our content. Um, we feel like we, you know, the, the, the people that choose to invest in their time and money in these shows tend to leave pretty happy, you know. And we, and, you know, so we, we think that we have this kind of virtuous thing, like where we're like, you know, we need to be we need to be hustling hard to get that person off the street. Don't spend thirty six dollars plus tax on like a giant, you know, a giant like inflatable thing that you drink a margarita out of or something, you know, like. You know, spend that money and sit like in a, an affordable ticket and go see steak. Right. You know what I mean, or whatever, or Guestafani or whoever, right? And so we think about that a lot, like because there's a lot of kind of sort of cacophony of silliness here in Vegas, and you can easily your day can be gone <laughs> before you know it, and you you know you, you forgot basically where you are. You drank too much, whatever. So we we you know I, I think about this a lot, like how do we get these folks into these shows? And how do we get these people, convince these people that are on the fence to buy a ticket? Because we do believe, I do, I mean, strongly believe that if they buy that ticket, they go to the show, they're going to have that memory, and they're going to take it home, and they're going to tell that story about Vegas. So I know it's, you know, probably trying to squeeze water out of a stone to, to get it out of you. Who is coming next? <laughs> but is there somebody who has repeatedly said no? Who you've wanted and, and tried to have conversations with <laughs> ad nauseum, and they yeah. it just hasn't worked out. They're yeah. just not interested in Vegas. I think there's two spectrums there, and we will we are cracking the egg. The egg is already kind of cracking, but there's two spectrums. Is one like the sort of the young, you know, the young pop, you know, fresh new young pop, like breaking fresh new young pop. Mm-hmm. That's that's always been tough because okay. Vegas still has a stigma there, right? You still have this, you sort of have this Britney Spears sort of, I think she started, she's 31 when she started. So that age is kind of, we've got that figured out. Okay. Right? And we've had Backstreet Boys and, and a few others that have, have fit in that category. So it's younger than that, that's skewing younger, right? Because we know the audience is here and they'll travel, right? You, we know the 21-year-olds are here, right? So, you know, those artists. Like a BTS kind of artist? Yeah, I mean, like a, like a, or younger, right? Like a, like a, like a, and again, you know, this is maybe even, this is maybe not super fresh. An Ariana Grande or yeah, something. Yeah, sure. okay. Ariana or Selena or a, you know, Ed Sheeran, uh, you know, or, you know, these artists oh, that sort of live, you know, Bieber's, these, and again, these are now into their, almost into their late 20s, mm-hmm. early 30s, mm-hmm. so... But you get my you get my point. Yes. Billie Eilish, like Billy, do you want to come and say do ten shows, twenty five yeah. shows? Like, do you? you know, that, that's a tough conversation to have, um, and one that we I know will crack soon. Okay. Um, that still sort of sits out there as part of the genre diversification strategy, right? Like, how do we present age and demo and you know genre? The other side of it is sort of the like too cool for school, you know, uh, rock stuff. Right, which we've cracked pretty much. Right, we did this run. We did a month with Def Leppard. Yeah, that was amazing. Which was incredible. Right, um, you know, we've seen some of this other rock happen, but we'd love to see a big, big Foo Fighters deal. We'd love to see a big Guns N' Roses deal. We'd love to see a big, you know, I don't know, Pearl Jam deal. Yeah. Right, you know. So these are the. That's the other. That's the genre that sort of hasn't been quite cracked yet. Um, and those are the ones where we're kind of we're just waiting sort of for that, right? Like for that artist to kind of be like, oh, wait, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Wait, we can do this next? Yes, yes, let's do that. Right. Um, and that sort of, you know, is, is, is exciting. I mean, we've got to sort of pay the bills still, right? We've got lots of other artists that, um, you know, that we continue to work on that have, that have genres that we've seen, you know, you know in re- repetition over the years. And, you know, we've got 42 million people coming here every year that, that, that want to see that kind of stuff. So it's, it's working great. But as far as the, the, the future stuff, you know, goes, that's... 
I want to quickly kind of go back to when you were talking about, you know, maybe skip the yard drink and, and get a seat in the back. But we have a lot of people we know that uh, listen for a lot of the tips that we give out and things yeah. are helpful. What do you, if people are listening and they're thinking, okay, I'm really hoping he's going to tell me how I should go about planning. (laughs) But like, what do you recommend people do to maybe save themselves some money, but also have a really good experience, whether it's maybe buy, I don't know, two, two shows and, and one's close and one you're in the back or, you know what I mean? Or if you should just go all in, you know, I mean, I don't know, or get get it table service. Yeah. Or get it, get it a certain amount of time early, like in a certain time frame. maybe you wait or how, what's the best thing? I think so. The first thing is I think there's a, we, we know from, you know, from you know, we know from our research that people think that these these tickets are more expensive than they are. Mm-hmm. First off, right? So go look, and see what they actually cost. Now, if you're talking about the top of the top of the top, and it's fresh and it's new, you know, you know, use Lady Gaga, Lady Gaga a year ago when it announced as an example. Yes, I mean those are that is that is everybody wants the same ticket. Sure, it's an expensive ticket mm-hmm. for sure, right? But as those days continue um and you know or and or there's there's artists you know that that aren't quite you know in the same situation we we have pretty affordable tickets i mean we work hard with the artists to keep some level of tickets affordable Mm -hmm. so you know go look first of all on the primary site right so on the casino run site right don't get trapped by the ads Uh, when you google the artist name you'll see lots of ads for sort of third-party sites brokers scalpers etc right so go right to the casino webpage, follow the link and get to the map and Mm -hmm. pick your ticket right that's the way to buy a ticket Um, you know as far as deals go you know, I think, you know, look out for promotions. I mean, I, I, we do, uh, we in the casinos often will, you know, do seasonal promotions to push our tickets um, because, you know, we're promoters by definition, right? So, you know, whether that's that Valentine's Day promotion or the New Year's promotion or the start of summer promotion, July 4 promotion, you know, we, we push, we do work pretty hard to try to offer those kind of opportunities to fans that are watching for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that, you know that's the best I got for now. <laughs> I agree because sometimes people would be like, I really, it's my dream to see Celine, and I was like, buy a balcony seat. Yeah. Look, on, they don't. I think they just automatically think it's think. so expensive. That's right. but, like you can yeah. go up there for forty nine plus taxes totally. and sit in the ba- balcony, and you're still saying, I saw Celine, I had the experience, I listened to her sing live. Hundred percent. And these aren't yeah. big theaters, right? I mean, they're relatively small in the grand scheme of things, right? These are mm-hmm. four to five thousand seat rooms, and most of the time, when you're seeing an arena in your hometown, it's in an arena that. So if you're seeing a, an artist in your hometown, it's usually in a in a, in a in a sports arena, which is, you know, not always an ideal place to see no. to see a show, unless it's a brand new room, you know, and then it's a little better. But in in just the way that theaters themselves have kind of evolved over the past fifteen years is an, another aspect to what these what draws these entertainers here when when the park opened up. That's right. I mean, that theater had so many aspects mm-hmm. to draw new yeah. artists that, that other theaters in the city didn't have. Yeah. Yeah, how has that evolved? Oh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's so spot on. And, and I, for fear of being redundant, you know, mm-hmm. on, on some of this stuff, you know, the, the asset itself, the theater itself is probably fundamentally the most important thing. 
um, in, in talking to an artist, right? The, the artist has to be super comfortable. Once they select Vegas, mm -hmm. and then they sort of select their theater. And by the way, Vegas doesn't exist without the theaters, yeah. right? Because you can tell, you, no one's playing a parking lot, right? You hear this kind of stuff like, oh, yeah, we'll, just, we'll do a Foo Fighter show on the back of the parking lot. There we go. No, you're not. Like, Dave Grohl's not playing your parking lot. This is not happening, right? right. Like, like, he's got, you know, he has, he, has one, he has literally 900 offers to play the biggest stadiums in the world. No. So, you know, you, you, the, I, I constantly remind people that this, the theater matters so much. And City's done an amazing job mm -hmm. with their theaters, the casino specifically, right? They've, they've really doubled down on the residency idea. You know, a lot of theaters in the world that are the best theaters in the world don't dedicate the kind of inventory, daily, monthly, weekly inventory to residencies. That's why they don't exist pretty much. There's other reasons, right? Vegas has done an amazing job of packaging the dream of coming to see an artist, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, you, know, you have Lincoln Center. It's got the Philharmonic. It has the ballet. It has the, you know, it has residents, right? There's 40 weeks of programming. You might be able to get, if you're a promoter, right? You might be able to promote one Bocelli show in there, but you get like one day. You know, so Radio City's not that different. Um, you know, you go into London, it's not that different. Right? You go to Tokyo, it's not that different. So we're really, really lucky that the casinos have seen the value. Again, Celine sort of, I think she's, we give her, I think she gets all the credit for that. Mm -hmm. Right? She sort of proved, hey, if you give me a room, it will be amazing. Um, and, the, and, and, and what you've seen is Caesars Entertainment and MGM have doubled down with their capital, with their commitments to build these, to maintain these, and to specifically protect them for residents. That's the key. Mm -hmm. It's easy to give it away. Give it to uh, Microsoft. You can do anything. Um, and it might even be more lucrative. I don't know. But the truth is, is they recognize the value of the entertainment dri drives, that the residencies drive. And that is why we're competitive. That is why we own this, this sort of genre, this residency thing. We own it globally for that reason. Right. I liked to, I went to Jason Aldean recently and they mm -hmm. took out all the seats in the front and yeah. made a big pit and you kind of felt like you were at a festival. Yeah. They had like a food card, drink card out there. It was the whole experience changed from when I was there for Janet Jackson, you know? Well, and that's the yeah. thing. These venues, yeah. they're, they're not necessarily sitting venues yeah. anymore. That's right. Yeah, there's more. Yeah, I mean, the idea is to, again, back to the diversity. You want to be able to diversify the portfolio to attract the largest audience we can to Vegas. That these designers at the casinos that are building these are working with designers who are going to give you as much flexibility as you can because artists specifically require, desire slash require a certain layout for what they want to do. Um, and you're disqualified if you don't have the right layout. <laughs> And I'm looking forward to Sting. He said he's going to like tell his life through his music yeah, videos or something. Yeah, that yeah. looks great. Yeah, something a, different. Again, what a creative genius! I mean, incredible what he's doing. You know, he's been on Broadway. You know, he has the last ship he's touring with, which is his Broadway project. I mean, these people are amazing. You know, and 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 what they're doing on stage is just spectacular. You and know, I have a feeling RuPaul's going to have a great stage presence as well. Yeah, always, <laughs> always, always, right? That show's going to be a lot of fun. That yeah, is. it's um, it's nice uh, to see um, you know, it's nice to see to see commit you know big you know new stuff, right? I mean, that's what's fun. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just nice to see new genres popping up that are working. I mean, that's the, the the good news, right? Is that we're talking about diversity because it's working. You know, if it, it wasn't working, I wouldn't, we wouldn't be talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> true. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look across all the shows, it's just there really is something for everyone. Yeah, and then, right. and then some that cross over, you know, yeah. like, like I'd go, you know, I'd go to Aerosmith and I'd go to Gwen Stefani, yeah. you know, completely different, but yeah, that's right. I like both. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, we will stay tuned 
for your next big announcement, the next big <laughs> yeah. headliner that you're bringing to town. Yeah. Always appreciate your time, Kurt. Oh, so fun. All Thanks, right, guys. Kurt Moline from Live Nation. Stay with us. We'll be back. Let's go to Vegas, baby. Let's get away. Who wants to live forever when we can have a day? Between episodes of Vegas Revealed, join our Vegas experience on the Vegas Revealed YouTube page. Right now, be a part of celebrity chef Guy Fieri's birthday bash on the Strip. See how Las Vegas will be transformed for the 2020 NFL Draft coming up in April. And join Dana and I as we celebrate the one-year anniversary of Sarah's Restaurant and Mr. Coco's Cocktail Lounge inside the Palms. Subscribe now and see it all on the Vegas Revealed YouTube channel. All right, one of the busiest weekends in all of Las Vegas is upon us. Talking about Super Bowl, 300,000 people coming here to the Las Vegas Strip. It's literally, like, I feel like sometimes the biggest day of the year. And we're lucky enough to have Chef Scott Pajak with us from Lagasse Stadium. And you said you've been here 10 years, and this is for you is usually the biggest day of the year when it comes to being a chef. Absolutely. Um, I mean, there's nothing bigger than the Super Bowl. So it's game day for the guys on the field and game day for you guys in the kitchen. Absolutely. We're, I mean, we're prepping for several days ahead. It's not just, yeah. I got a game plan. I got my whole list. I'll spread Excel spreadsheets of what we're doing, prepping each day, what food's coming in, which day. Mm-hmm. It's a big weekend. And the cool part is you were telling us you're sold out already. You sell out well, well in advance, right? We opened up reservations on January 1st, and within a matter of hours, it was we were sold out. Wow, that's incredible. I mean, it's incredible here to watch any game. What you guys, the setup is amazing, <laughs> definitely. And you brought a little appetizer in for us to uh, try here. And you said, how's bacon? And Sean said, bacon anything is great. Yeah, you can't go <laughs> wrong with bacon. <laughs> so we do a, a spicy candy bacon. It's a little bit of brown sugar and cayenne pepper. Uh, just baked off in the oven. And we do a nice... Uh, Infused organic syrup with a little bit of Woodford Bourbon Reserve. Oh, my goodness. Oh. That and the, the smell that has already filled the studio yeah. is absolutely incredible. And, yeah. I mean, just looking at it, this is like thick slab bacon, too. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's no better way to start. All right, we're trying the bacon. I can't uh, wait any it. longer. Oh, I can't either. This smell, oh, my gosh. It's been it's been making my, my stomach rumble. I was, wondering, I was wondering what took so long. Oh, this bacon oh, is oh, amazing. Oh. <laughs> I know I'm not supposed to talk with my mouth full, but... Mm. Oh my, it really is. It's juicy bacon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's crispy. That's the thing is with the thicker cut, you get that little bit of crispness on the outside, but then it's still. Mm. So it's not dried out by no means. All right. Can we get this any day? <laughs> yeah, this is on our regular menu every okay. day. Absolutely. Good. Um, okay. Like I said, it's really. All there is is cayenne, sugar, cayenne pepper and brown sugar. That's mm. all it is. So, well, and I love that. The spice. Yeah. It's just it, enough. It's but a it's nice not, compliment to the right. sweetness there. It really yeah, so is. we kind of like pat it down, bake it off, and then we finish. It's an organic maple bird syrup we're using, but we infuse a little bourbon. Um, I don't. I don't believe in cooking off the liquor in it because right. I want you to taste it. Then I want you to taste it. Right. right. So you get that, smart you get that man, little bit. Smart right man. Smart man. I like your philosophy. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Just a touch of smoke. Put like a touch of liquid smoke just to give it just a just kind of almost like a kiss of smoke to it. Mm-hmm. Now, this will be one of the appetizers you guys are going to feature. And then you were saying you do special dishes depending on who's in the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm still trying to finalize exactly what I want to do. I got I got different ideas for both teams. I'm just trying to figure out exactly what, which direction I'm going to go with. Yeah. And really, there is nowhere else in Las Vegas like Legacy Stadium, especially on, on game day to have that atmosphere in, in a place like this. 
Yeah, no, I mean, unfortunately, there, there is definitely nobody else like us. Um, we stand out in the city as well as, I think, across the country as well. Yeah. Um, we were nominated number one sports bar in 2016 wow. in America. When you guys are in the kitchen, obviously, you're focused on your job, getting all the food ready for everybody who's packing Magassi Stadium. But when you hear those oohs and ahs, do, do you guys have a TV back there so you can see what the heck is going on? Uh, there's no TV, but, I mean, we're right, we're right in the middle. You can hear it all. It's... You know the guys. I just kind of start laughing about it. You know, and it's like it's like oh, some some big just happened. <laughs> Something big. Or two, especially you know, based upon the teams, you know who who's here for which team more. If you have more for one crowd than the other. Well, listen. Good luck with Super Bowl Sunday. We're excited to be here, and and oh, we know you. you're going to throw a great party. So oh, absolutely. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. I'm from. Thanks for having me. Revealed. Our two tips are next. Hey, thanks for listening to Vegas Revealed. Each week, we'll chat about anything Las Vegas. Highlights of things new and old, secrets, stories, and our favorites. We look forward to interviewing some of the most interesting people in Vegas, celebrities, friends, those that work behind the scenes, and more. We want to enhance your Vegas experience. We've lived here for 15 years each, and we have some really useful tips. Expect something different each week on Vegas Revealed. It's time for Dana and Sean's secret Vegas tips. You know, I'm always curious what you're going to (laughs) say. Well, it's funny because we had, this is only our second podcast, right? But I feel like the most feedback we got from podcast one was, we really loved your tips. (laughs) Give more tips. Give us more more tips. tips. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we're going to do what, we always are going to end the show with our two kind of secret tips. And we say secret, we mean we've lived here a long time, 15 years, both of us. And we just learn a lot of things. So sometimes we feel like we know some insider stuff that maybe some of the listeners don't. Yeah. So here's mine. You ready? I'm ready. My tip is, because people love a good steakhouse, right? But in Las Vegas, we have amazing, amazing restaurants, amazing steakhouses. But I feel like one of my favorite steakhouses is a gem that is, I guess, a little bit more affordable because you get more for your money. And it's inside the Circus Circus. And really? it's called the Steakhouse. Yes. Now, a lot of people have been to it that live here, but some people even that live here go, what? The Steakhouse is good there? I've never been there. Because, you know, the Circus Circus is older and, you know, it, it's known for, you know, obviously they have the Venture Dome and stuff and families. So people are sometimes don't think that, you know... A killer restaurant would be inside. I was like, no, the steakhouse is one of my favorite steakhouses. I take my family all the time. It's been there 30 years. And here's the best part. Because you know how the whole, like, a la carte thing is in now where you got to get the steak and the sides. And the sides are separate. And you want a salad. You got to pay for that, too. You want a basket of bread. But the Circus Circus Steakhouse, you get this. uh, I always get the petite filet. It's 35 bucks. Wow. Sean, 35 bucks, okay? And then I took this from the menu because I was trying to remember. I know you get a lot of sides. So it always includes fresh baked breads, vegetables, and your choice of a black bean soup or house salad, garlic mashed potato, baked potato, or a side of pilaf. I mean, that's a pretty good serving. This right? is all included in that all 35 included. bucks? And listen, it's delicious. Wow. It's delicious. It's old school. Um, the, there's a little bit of an open area in the middle. The wait staff is incredible. They've been there, mm. a lot of them, since it opened, and they have amazing stories to tell. It's, an exper- it's a Vegas experience that you don't want to miss. I love that. Yeah. So the steakhouse at Circus Circus, go there. Uh, the regular filet, not the petites, only 45 
bucks. So, and they even let, I think it was uh, my mom and I split one and they were like, that's fine. And you guys will, can do the sides and then, and then we'll just bring out one of this or one of that. So it was really good. Oh, that's a good one. So if you're looking for a, a great meal without breaking the bank, that's a good one. So mm-hmm. last week, Dana, you talked about having uh, Uber and Lyft on your on your phone right to compare prices and uh if you want to hear that whole tip go back to episode one and listen to uh dana's advice on that i have a transportation tip as well for this week so you see those double decker buses driving around all over las vegas right right? so here's the deal they have a hop on hop off all day pass available for 45 bucks that's not bad. That's good. So if you're trying, if you want to see the sites in downtown Las Vegas around Fremont Street and then make your way back, I don't know, to the stratosphere and then come down closer to the middle of the strip here at the Venetian and Palazzo and make your way down to Mandalay Bay. Like this is the best way that you can get yourself around. They have designated bus stops and you do exactly what the what the pass says. You hop on, hop off whenever you want. Yeah, no, that's a steal because if you think about it, if you're leaving your hotel, you go to one spot and then another spot and another spot, you're probably up to at least $40 right there. Yeah, so just look up. You could do a Google search for the, the double-decker bus. You can look up hop on, hop off pass. 40 bucks for an adult pass. That's a, a great deal. It is because some people come and some people come for, to Vegas for like 10 days. Yeah. It gets pricey getting, <laughs> getting from around place to place. I know people that always come from other countries are here for a long period of time. So the hop on, hop off. Great tip, Sean. I love it. Hey, it's been a fun show. We've had some great interviews. Uh, we're gearing up for Super Bowl weekend. And remember, the NFL draft 2020 coming in April here to Las Vegas. And in our next episode, it's going to be a special edition coming to you from the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino, which is closing after more than a quarter century. I know. We have a lot of memories to share, and we're going to talk with the folks who are planning the next big adventure there. It's closing, but it's reopening as a Virgin Hotel. And what's in store? We're going to let you know on Vegas Reveal. All right. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks for joining us. 